What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome back to Coconuts. Welcome back to <laughs> the, the Swim Up Bar Coconuts. The, the Swim Up dude. Bar Coconuts. Um, oh, that's funny. I mean, it's not funny, ever, but it's funny. Coconuts is not. funny. You ever drink at a Swim Up Bar? Have you ever been to a Swim I, Up Bar during your the drinking only, days? The only Swim Up Bar I've ever been to, I was sober. <laughs> really? Did so, you swim up and just have a club soda? We, we swam up. I think that's exactly what we did. So so when Rashida and I went to Hawaii in 2017 for my oh, mom's right. birthday, mm-hmm. and um, and the, the resort that we stayed, the hotel that we stayed at, and I didn't even realize it for like the first three days, there was this whole other section, this whole other pool. And I was like, what the fuck? Did I waste my time? What was I doing on the beach when there's a swim up bar? But I don't even drink. So yeah. like, but it was just the novelty of it. And so we yeah. went up and we swam up. And they're like, what can we get for you? You want a Bahama Mama, a fucking, you know, Maui Wowie or whatever? And yeah. Or there was a volcano thing or something like that. And I was like, um, can we just get two club sodas with lime, please? And just put it on room, you know, 610 or whatever it was. And, and he's like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was it. And then we swam up. <laughs> we had our club sodas and we swam on. So, Yo, dude. The uh, only swim up bar I've ever been to was in sobriety. Unfortunately, I, I missed to, out. I was in one in Phoenix when Ooh. I was still drinking, and I was drinking like bourbon and waters in uh-huh. a swim up bar, like nothing tropical whatsoever. And then I ordered a, a fucking quesadilla and ate a quesadilla in the pool. <laughs> that seems terrible. It seems like a bad idea. Was it good? Just, no, dude, it was wet. Everything was wet. <laughs> I was drunk as fuck. Drunk in the middle of the day in like 114 degree weather during Father's Day in Southern Arizona in Phoenix, eating a wet quesadilla sitting on a concrete like a bench, uh-huh. not a bench, a bar stool because it's like concrete bar stools, you know. Yeah. And I, it, I think I was still I, Megan and I were together back then. 
still, I mean, we're still together now, but she's just like, yo, are you enjoying your quesadilla? <laughs> you know, like that Megan thing, like, yo. like your, your fucking idea is real bad, you know, she's like, you enjoying your wet quesadilla? <laughs> she's just, her, her, her funny way of not maybe like judging you, but like, yo, what's yeah, up? Fucking wet quesadilla. Yeah. But you know, you don't. Bourbon and fucking soda water. Like in a swim up bar. Yo, let me get a fucking Jim Beam. They're like, <laughs> are you sure you don't want some Malibu and pineapple? And right. But I just imagine because you like you got a napkin there, right, for like the greasy. Right. But you just like dip it in the water and wash it off. Just and dip in the water. <laughs> just exactly for all the cheese grease. Oh my god. But I definitely god. not have not not going to the Corona fucking swim up bar. That's awful, dude. Those people. Yeah. Ugh, it's pretty foul. I know, I just bring the mood down shit. That Ugh. is foul, though. That's, hey, if you're out there listening to this, don't be going to the swim-up bar <laughs> during a fucking quarantine, you dig-gong. No, no. I mean, unless unless you are quarantined in a water park, but then you can't leave. But I don't know, that maybe... Would be- <laughs> A hell of a movie. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Quarantined at the water park. Mm-hmm. Dude. Um, yeah, so so what's today? Today is the letter X, and X is always a big yeah. problem, and it's always like, you know, it's always, what do we always think of X-ray and xylophone are the only two words that ever come to mind. Pretty when I think much, X. dude, yeah. But I wanted to talk about something, um, and we'll kind of fudge it. I, I'm, I'm sure as this show moves on and morphs and evolves and changes, we'll probably be a little less uh, be a little more lenient with our letters and what we talk about and i mean anything we talk yeah. about is sober talk but um i wanted to talk about something that happened a couple weeks ago f- a few weeks ago and well, so x is for expletives and explanations and for <laughs> those of you uh and and extra help i guess for those of you who who listen to the show um you'll you'll remember a couple of weeks ago, we had a sponsor, and it's not important who they are, but and don't go looking for it in the back episodes because uh, it's been scrubbed from the. From, I had to, I edited it all out um, because the sponsor dropped us after only two weeks, and yeah. so the sponsor was an online um, therapy, um, counseling uh, website, whatever. And of which they they gave me a free trial. They gave us both a free trial, and I've I've actually just was on the phone with my counselor before this. And the funny thing was, we did it for two weeks, and then I got an email from the woman who was very nice and very sweet, and she said, "Unfortunately, I have some bad news. Um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to drop you. We're not going to sponsor your show." For two reasons. <laughs> she said that I mentioned the script in the reading of it, which I thought was like, well, duh, do people just think that I'm out here spitting facts about some online, you know, counseling right. mm-hmm. sessions out of the blue? I mean, of course, it's a sponsorship and of course, it's a script, you know, and that's fine. You know, whatever. Those are it's their rules. It's their sponsorship. They can do what they want. It's their business. Right. Um, but the other one was it, we had gone above the acceptable threshold of expletives. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think maybe in one of them, one of the promos we did, Jerry was actually was swearing during it. And maybe that was probably I don't know. 
and I don't, I mean, again, I don't want to, I don't want to speak poorly about these people. It's just funny because, and then I wrote her back and I said, you know, you guys got to do what you got to do. Like, I don't, I don't think we would want to be in business with somebody who doesn't want to be in business with us. So, you know, right. that no hard feelings moving on. So it's, it's, um, it was just this funny, weird little thing where while we were both, That's I was excited. Strange. I was like, oh, a sponsor. And then Jerry's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, your feelings at first were a little trepidatious in that you didn't want to be shilling for. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Welcome. I just felt uncomfortable monetizing the show or monetizing the podcast because I was like, well, I just would feel like being disingenuous if we're trying to sell people something we haven't used. Or Do you know what I mean? Sure, like, sure. Hey, we know you're going through a hard time. Here's our hard time. Maybe we can relate. Oh, and by the way, fucking Sherry's Berries or whatever, <laughs> which wasn't the sponsor. But no. you know what I mean? Like, just I just felt <clears throat> at first I did. But then once I did a research, our research and we talked more about it, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is not a bad service. They're providing something helpful. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we just said fuck a lot, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think that that's, that's how people talk, and I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not right. gonna try, I'm not trying to convince them, that we're our relationship no, is done, not. but, but that's how yeah. people talk, that's how, that's right. how, that's how, both men and women, but in, in, in my experience, men, I got on a Zoom call with some old friends yesterday, and the first thing we were, t- there was, it was fuck and. Somebody brought up like they were talking about bowel movements, and we 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 did a good fifteen minutes on bowel movements, and yeah, and I was like, oh Jesus, is this what we talk about? And it's like, yeah, sometimes. I mean, not all the time, but it was just, it was just, and I don't think there's anything wrong with I I don't know. Do you ever feel like maybe I shouldn't swear as much or that you know? I don't think you swear enough. I don't swear enough. I, you swear, and what? I feel like I'm I hold back a lot on this podcast. Like you guys are getting the more serene Jerry here. The mm. Jerry out that the walks out of the office is awful. <laughs> awful. You guys yeah. are getting serene, fucking nice Jerry. Mm-hmm. But no, and it's not like we were doing the ad, and I was like, "Yo, get that pussy and butthole slammed," you know, like call these motherfuckers; they'll, they'll fill you right up, you know, saying some gross <laughs> shit. We were just—I don't know. It is what it is, but I'm—and I'm not upset about it. I more than anything, it's kind of amusing mm-hmm. because you and I, I think, have—well, they don't. Nobody knows this prior to this, but man, we were like way worse just a few years ago, you know, way worse. I mean, it is what it is. If you're trying to sell a product and you don't want your product to be portrayed in this certain way, then I absolutely respect that. I mean, mm. I get it. You know, I just, I'm also like, maybe you should listen to the podcast first before you hit us up. There, yeah, you know, I mean, I asked. That was one of the initial conversations I had had, and um, like, I was like, <laughs> oh, like, really? So, what do you listen to? What did you think? Oh, yeah, it seems great. It seems like just what we're looking for. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't want to be like, so which episode was your favorite? You know, right. like I didn't want to hassle them. They were interested mm-hmm. in being a sponsor, and the the product seemed sound. You know, and right. and and as far as like therapy goes and stuff like that, it was. I don't know if it was. It's expensive one way or the other to go to talk to a therapist. And so, yeah, but there's another thing that I've learned is like given given something for free. If you if you're given something for free and this is not always the case, but if you if you have to either, you know, whether you put time or energy or effort, but sometimes when you give money, then you're more inclined to be interested in the outcome. 
rather than just being like, oh, here's something for free. And you're like, yeah, whatever. That's worthless. That doesn't have any value because it was just given to me. But if you have to pay right. for it, you know what I mean? Like if you were to pay for a class versus have a class for free, which would you be more right. inclined to like show up to? Right, exactly. It has more significance because you feel like there's that exchange right. going on. Yeah. And, you know, I I think it's I think that's a little bit different with say the program that you and I are in because obviously they don't well, they don't yeah. ex- they don't expect any money. Um but you I am the one who's required to put in all the work. I am the one who's required to show up and if I don't show up then I don't see results, right? Right, you're not reaping the benefits of of the of using that program, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think that um but I really do think there's value in giving money for services right yeah there is yeah um but i I, believe there's value in getting money for services yes absolutely right yeah i mean so if sherry's berries wanted to hit us up i mean i'd have to try it i don't know does she just sell berries or what does she do what is she i don't know we'll do if she does we'll do at the very (laughs) end of the podcast when we're done talking about the serious shit we'll just write out on the berries yeah Um, i don't know i you know what i know only know it from marin because marin be like sherry's berries you know, like <laughs> maybe they're edible berry arrangements uh, now with the corn effect. I don't know how well edible berry arrangements are doing. <laughs> I don't know if that's a hot, hot thing going mm-hmm. on right now in the streets when everybody's freaking out that they're going to fucking die. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't really thought. I mean, I've been buying frozen berries for my smoothie. But mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't been like, man, these would be much better if Sherry brought them. <laughs> i i suggested that maybe we hit up halo top and get the uh low calorie ice cream people on the uh ace for alcoholic train but i you got ice cream issues though i don't I do. know man that's true i don't need to yeah. have the this last like case ace. of ice cream that came to my house um didn't last as long as it should have right right it's just john <laughs> i don't even know yeah i don't want to feed your ice cream <clears throat> issues it's just A's for Alcoholic brought to you by Bailey's Irish Cream. <laughs> the fuck? So I'm a, I've am i always been down for a sponsorship if it's appropriate. And also, I don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage of our listeners. You know? Because, sure. No. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't even know how many listeners we have. I know it's just you and I. Most of the time, I just approach it like you and I talking and then mm-hmm. have to be really aware that there are other people listening out there, you know, and. And uh, I appreciate them. I mean, of course I appreciate them because I just wouldn't be going into my wife's office, you know, every Wednesday. <clears throat> to chat. I mean, we, we did for a little well, while. but that, that sound, Yeah, we did. Yeah. So that sounds kind of dismissive. I didn't mean it like that. I just no. Meant, you know. Well, yeah. and I, I also wouldn't I also wouldn't want to be like, so, Jerry, I was uh, I had a little talk with our sponsors and um, we need to talk about your language. We need you to said tone pussy and butthole <laughs> during the commercial. We can only, we're only allowed two pussies and seven fucks. And, you and know, one like, butthole. And, yeah, it, and so it's like, I just don't think that it's helpful when we're, and most of the time, we're just trying to figure shit out. Like a lot of this stuff, we're not really, I mean, I, I tell people, we don't have an outline. We we come up with a rough idea about what we want to talk about and we go with it. Some, some days are... Mm-hmm. I mean, some weeks we have a little more of an idea and we have a, a, a solid train of thought that we go with. But yeah, but I just I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it to ever be anything. I, I don't want to have to censor myself. I mean, that's the whole point right. of the podcast, right? That rather than mm-hmm. it being on what NBC 
or you know i would get it if we were doing like research like if we're like we're now going to research this subject and then we had notes in an outline do you know what i mean like yeah. that makes more sense than just two fucking bros in their 40s shooting the shit about how they used to be fucking a shit show mm-hmm. you know what i mean and because that's basically what we're doing here. I mean, we're talking about how we used to be shit shows and how we're no longer... We're a different type of shit show now. How about that? It's I, true. I don't want to say I'm no longer a shit show. I'm just a different... A better, more positive. Yeah. Well, it's not a yeah. shit show. You, you've got... you. You've, yeah, you're right. I keep throwing that word out there. But you've, yeah. you've, you've, got, you've gathered your shit. You still have some of it, but you've gathered it together. You've gotten your shit together. You haven't gotten yes, rid of it. No, I was going to say, it's less like a shit show now, and it's more like a fart party. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) It is. We have a fart party up in this elevator. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, there's a fart party in the elevator. It is gross. Was that, uh I think that was one of our old jokes back in the day, fart party. Maybe that was something else, I swear, though. That's fine. I've never heard it before, but I think it's hilarious. Welcome to the so, fart party, ladies. Welcome to welcome to the fart party podcast. That's just gonna change from A's from alcoholic to fart party. Like, um, but yeah. So so and, and back on this idea of counseling, right? And right. Mm-hmm. so I have, I've been talking to this woman for the last several, however many weeks it's been. And before this, I was going to see a woman at the at the clinic here, and talk to her, and. I really, really, really think there's a lot of value in it. And for me, like therapy is something where I go in and if I find the right person, they're really good at saying, okay, making concrete goals. And then so we made two goals, right? And so the first one was work on my sleep hygiene, as we're calling it. So like, because I'm all fucked up and I can't get enough sleep and Mm -hmm. I deal with all these insomnia issues. And the other one was, you know, deal with the feelings of resentment toward my father. So those are the two. I had a lot of other ones, but she said, slow down. (laughs) You know, we can't get to the ball. This is, that's great though, that you bring that up and not to interject, but Mm -hmm. it's just like in our earlier podcast when we were talking about you, about quitting everything all at once while you're drinking or even like, you would call me and say, am I an alcoholic? And I'd be like, listen, man, that, or no, you would say, I want to figure out the reason why I drink. And I remember saying that to my sister too. I want to figure out why I drink. And I'm, mm-hmm. after I got sober, realizing this is all, the most important things need to come first. It's almost like a prioritizing, which is also comes in recovery. It's like, you, if your house is on fire, you don't figure out why it caught on fire. You got to put it out first. You know what I mean? You got to stop the fire. And then from there, you can investigate what caused the fire. The arson, Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even for this counselor you're talking to saying, okay, well, let's prioritize. What are your two most pressing things or the most pressing things that are what's immediate and what is can be looked after? You know what I'm saying? Like you can't mm-hmm. mop the floor unless you sweep it first. You know, it's like, <clears throat> what's our, our chain of events? You know, that's true. Why well, I am. Um... Speaking of mopping, so we don't, I don't, my boss doesn't want me to mop the floor because he's like, it just mush, mushes everything around. So he's like, go right. get some of that mop water and I want you to get the scrub and squeegee. So I scrub and squeegee the floor uh-huh. at the restaurant now. On your hands and <laughs> No, no, no. It's like on a stick. It's like on a long oh, stick. Oh. oh, okay. It's like just a like, light oh scrubbing. Oh my the- <laughs> God. Working in the 1800s in London or something? But yeah, so prioritizing the things that need to be fixed. And so it was great because I, as you know, will just sit mm-hmm. and talk and ramble on. I could talk for an hour and her and I only have 30 yeah. minutes. And so she'll, she's really good at like 
I don't feel like she's cutting me off, but she, but I, I can, I'm like, oh, she's cutting me off because I'm starting to ramble, and that's a, that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. So she'll be like, okay, yeah. so let's talk about your sleep, and then I'll get on to something else. And she's like, so back to your sleep, and so that's the thing that's. <laughs> It's like a gentle hurting. It sounds yes, like. it's it's so it's so true. Heard. And uh-huh. you know, one of the things I've realized just in the past few weeks is that I have not valued sleep. So if I don't put any value on it, mm-hmm. if I don't go like, mm-hmm. man, I really need to put those eight hours above everything else, above yeah. sitting in bed and watching YouTube videos about the rise yeah. and fall of Arby's. Or whatever, Long John Silver. Oh, you watch Company Man? Yes. yes, I watch Company Man as well. Thank you. When I fold laundry. Yeah. And I did watch the Long John Silver's one. Which is weird. I have some weird memories of Long John Silver's too, dude. So do I, dude. Okay. So do I. Talk about a fart party. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so so are those things are not important. So why are you doing them? Right. What, what would you rather do? Because you know, and I'm speaking to myself, that the sun's uh-huh. going to come through the window and it's going to be seven or eight in the morning, seven in the morning, and you're going to wake up regardless. So do you want to wake up rested or do you want to wake up tired? And um, so it's just for me about valuing that sleep and really, really. So what are the things that ruin it? Well, watching YouTube in bed, having my phone near me. Yeah. So so the uh-huh. fucking phone's got to go. The computer's got to go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, I need to get a better lamp. But so now I'm reading and that even if I read for like five minutes and then that kind of like winds down my brain so that I'm not like blasting it with blue light and then closing my eyes and expecting my brain to shut off. So, so Mm -hmm. it's all this sort of weird, it's not weird. It's just, okay, these are the problems and now we can fix them. And then I go and she'll say, how was your week? How was the sleep this week? And I say, well, this, this, and this, and this day was not so great. And she said, well, I told you really don't, don't feel bad about your relapses. You know, in case this, it's not going to, it's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to happen all at once. And I think that Mm -hmm. can be said. Now, I haven't relapsed with alcohol in any, in a significant way. I mean, I've talked about that a couple Mm -hmm. of times where I've accidentally, quote unquote, or, you know, the one time where it was a knee jerk reaction. Like I actually tasted a drink. Yeah. Oh shit. I don't do that. Like, yeah. So, um, but it's just for me, what I like about it is finding a, a counselor that is that has tool that she can give me tools that I can use and that I can be accountable yes. for. And so that and then mm-hmm. I can actually see it and go, oh, no, that's fucked up. I, I shouldn't have done that. I should do this. And right. You know, the, the bigger point I wanted to make and, and and I think that it's if you look at anybody who's achieved anything great and I'm just going to use an athlete for, you know, somebody who ran an ultra marathon or did an Ironman or an Olympic athlete, right? They never no none of these people did it on their own. Not no. one person did it on their own. They had a team of coaches and trainers and nutritionists and managers and, you know, therapists and, you know, drivers and you know what I mean? Like Kipchoge ran that that under 2 hour uh marathon he had a whole mm-hmm. he had like seven or eight dudes in front of him just keeping the wind off of him pace right pace yeah. runners yeah. yeah so he had yeah. a truck that was like pacing him and so like this idea ah, that yeah. you know this idea that like that we don't like to ask for help whether right. you were saying this before whether it's a gender thing or an american thing or whatever and so nobody does it alone yeah. even the best people even the people who achieve the highest the highest highs, whatever you want to say, the accomplishments, they don't, they, they can't right. do it on their own. Right. 
Well, no, and this is great because what you're breaching is, well, not breaching, but what you're touching on is the whole idea of support, which does tie into the whole idea of asking for help, right? And some of us are just, like if I think of, like, you know, Michael Jordan, because they had that documentary. I have no interest in basketball, so I didn't watch the documentary because I don't mm-hmm. like sports. But to think about him, right, they call him this greatest American athlete, the greatest of all time. He still had to be taught how to play. And even though he had this innate athletic ability that some would even call superhuman to some extent, he still had to learn how to play. He still had to learn how to do all the plays. Do you know what I mean? He still had to mm-hmm. learn the discipline because without having the support and the discipline, all you have is just raw unbridled talent going everywhere do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah we do we absolutely need these support groups and these support systems and it's absolutely important that we ask for help and i it is it is you know when, during our conversation when we were talking earlier because i was talking to my wife about it yesterday and i was like i don't know what it is why i just hate asking for help even with the opportunity for me to be able to see a therapist i didn't really follow that opportunity up and my excuses are like well i've had enough fucking therapy i've seen so many psychiatrists i'm done with that which i'm not i would totally love to sit down and talk to someone i just need to make those first steps to get that support and so it, it all lands on asking for help. And so I looked at my wife and I'm like, do you think it's like a gender thing? Like these gender roles that we typically play in our culture and in this American culture, you know? Or do you think it's like an American thing? And my wife was like, no, you probably got it from your parents. And I was like, mm. oh yeah, shit. You know, maybe I did to some extent because my mom and dad don't really ask for help a lot. Now, when they went into recovery, they asked for help in that manner because things got so unmanageable that you're like, I can't get this shit together. What the fuck do I do? You know, but then everything else, it seems it's weird because it does kind of play into gender <clears throat> roles a little bit in American society, or at least our conceived notion of what gender roles are right now. Sure. I mean, I, I understand that it's all the spectrum and we can, me being biologically male, I can encompass really any role I feel, do you know what I mean? Works for me or feel I feel comfortable with. I get that. But our typical American gender role is like this masculine energy where you're, you're, you're fucking pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and do it yourself and figure it all out on your own and you just don't fucking ask you know and whereas i see women reaching out to each other and expressing a lot and i once again i don't want to make these broad generalizations this is just what i've this is your experience my experience right i'm not saying that that is true for every single one every woman or every man you know Mm -hmm. i wish i could have more comfort in asking for help you know i I don't want to burden anybody is that what it is Oh yeah, there's a lot of that. Like, like I have a cousin who works at here mm-hmm. in Eugene, and she like hooked me up with a bunch of pastries, and I I loved them. Man, we ran through those pastries in like two three days because like I don't eat sweets ever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, if you need any more, ask me. I'll totally. Br- if you need eggs and milk, ask me. I'll bring you that shit. And like, I I took it and was so stoked to have it, but probably won't ask again because I'm like, well, I don't want to bother her and be like, yo, can you bring me down some more muffins? You know, like, <clears throat> yo, can I get more eggs from you? I need eggs, you know, but, but she made the offer. So why make the offer? Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like this weird burden, like, oh, I don't want to be a pain in your ass. Well, what if be, take advantage of this? You know? Right. Well, what if she made the offer because it makes her feel useful and she wants to feel useful? And if she exactly. can, if she can help somebody in her family or close circle, if she can help her cousin and be like, "Hey, this would make me feel useful because right now I feel, for whatever reason, I don't know her and I don't know her life, but maybe no, you know this idea right. of like I feel useless or I wish there was more I could do." And you're like, "Wait a second, I have eggs mm-hmm. and milk, and my cousin's got a family, and like maybe I can right. give my cousin some eggs and milk." 
Like and, I work in a bakery, I have a shitload of eggs and milk. You right. Know? So yeah, or you know, yeah. So I mean, that's I think that's that's one thing you can look at it as your your asking for help is actually you're helping somebody else too. It's not just it's not just about you taking. And maybe I yeah. think we in recovery we get so um, there's so much about giving and giving service and and I think it's important but that we will often overlook our own needs because like well we just need I just need to I need to you know give service I need to do something for somebody else and that's how I'll I'll get better and then we don't we don't ever ask for the things we really need or we really want like why not and if there's something maybe there's something you could offer the person at the at the bakery in exchange right. and you could just say hey I mean I don't know what that thing would be but like I don't know. I don't know. Or you, you know. Right. Whatever no, I know it is. what you mean. Yeah. So to make myself feel more useful or not. I, I mm-hmm. feel like, yeah, for an exchange of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because of fucking get it. free eggs and milk. My, my guy at the, Tony at the fruit stand said to me the other day, it was super sweet. And Tony's kind of a fucking, he looks like a tough dude. He looks like kind of a scary dude, right? He looks yeah. a little, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, but he's, he's a real sweet guy. And he was telling me, he's like, look, man. If it ever comes down to it and you need to run a line of credit here for food, like you just tell me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I was floored. Like I was, was, he didn't have to do it. And he always hooks me up. He gave me like 20 bucks off my, my purchase the other day. And so, you know, I think about like, what can I do for him? Like, I don't need to go and say, Hey, what do you need? He calls me whenever there's a delivery. He's like, if you need to make a few extra bucks, it's like 15 bucks to go deliver some groceries. I'm like, yeah. I don't, I've only done it once, twice, but, um, but I was thinking like, maybe I could, one time I went and got burritos for him and the people that worked there and I just dropped them off. I didn't say, I just like, Hey, what's up? Here's some carne asada burritos. Thank you guys. And so it's that sort of, I'm not even asking for help. I'm just, again, I guess I'm just being of service and the help comes and then just, it's hard to receive it because I think maybe and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you ever struggle with feeling weak or it's weakness? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like it's weak is a word for it. I feel like undeserving would be mm. another word too. You know, like I don't really deserve this help because I haven't really helped out back yet, which go loops back again to like this exchange, this idea of mm-hmm. I don't want to be this charity case, not because of pride, but because somebody else could use it more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I happen to be the person who's using it right now. Mm-hmm. So, no, I mean, as far as my perception of what is weak and what isn't weak, like, I, as I get older, I get less kind of hung up on that idea of masculinity and what's weak, what's strong. I don't even know if that's what we're touching on with this in general, but I get really less held up on that idea. But see, me growing up, and I, I probably, you could probably relate, like, we weren't very masculine dudes growing up anyway. <laughs> no. We were like some sensitive-ass Morrissey dudes, yes. you know? Like, so for me, I was never like, oh, I'm weak, and I need to be perceived as strong. Like, none of that has ever really occurred to me. It's more like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm doing all right. Like, I don't need this. I'll take it, because maybe I do need it, but I don't want, I don't know, man. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't need it, but I'll take it because I want it. And part of me does need it though. Cause we were out of eggs and milk. So I was like, this is rad. Thank you. Any charity given to me, I'm appreciative of, but there's always that kind of caveat. Like, damn dude, like I'm being a pain in someone's, I got, someone's got to take from themselves to give to me, you know? And I'm like, uh, 
I don't know, man. It's a really weird thing of accepting help in that sense. Right. Now, like you said earlier, if I'm paying for it, I got no problem. Like I do the Instacart thing and I have them deliver the groceries and I always tip them, you know, really mm-hmm. well because they're out in the shit. You're out driving around the shit, you know, like go. I don't want to go to the grocery store. You're doing it for me because that's your risk and reward, you know. And so like, but I also don't feel entitled. I don't, I don't think either of us have been very entitled people in that sense that if we pay for something, we're like lord a power trip over people but yeah you know what i mean yes i love the little, the clap, little clap like garcon <laughs> bring me my escargots you mm-hmm. know but uh yeah it's 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 definitely a weird deep-seated thing you know yeah it's it's in there man i should have just hit up my fucking therapist with this shit. <laughs> i'm telling you i should have um, taken advantage of it but, it's oh. um it's well and i i, I find that i'm much more comfortable accepting things now i'm always very gracious and then so i always look for another for for spontaneous opportunities to be generous as well and you know even in small things like it's it's not about like giving a lot of money or giving you know giving your time is even better than anything else and so the woman who does my taxes it's I, i i say that because if i say my accountant it just sounds a little too important you know yeah but like yeah. she is an accountant <laughs> but all she does is do my taxes like it's yeah. just um and i end up owing her more money than i fucking anyhow um so she texted me the other day and she knows me from when um when i was a bartender and she uh-huh. was asking me about triple sec and she's got this all oh, this favorite brand and blah 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 and like i owe her money right now because i never paid her for the for the taxes and now I'm not looking to like get away with not paying her, but she was like, don't worry about it. And I thought, well, maybe I could give her like a partial payment, but also as a gift, get this bottle of triple sec and give mm-hmm. it to her and just kind of yeah. say like, hey, you know, here's a partial payment. I'll pay you the rest. Here's the triple sec. And, you know, and then and I want to do that because I want to do that, not because I'm thinking, oh, it'll garner me some favor. Or maybe she'll take a fucking twelve dollar bottle of liquor and no, I know what you mean. It's not a manipulative action. It's a thoughtful action. It's not no. manipulative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for like little things like that. And who can I help? And oh, if I'm at work and they're like, yeah, you want some food? And they're, hey, we'll make you a pizza. And I was like, you know, why don't you make me one that I wouldn't eat? And I'll bring it to the guys at the fruit stand or just little little shit like that. And so it kind of like throw a little bit out there so that every anytime it comes around my way, I'm like, oh, gosh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's really it just the other person might be feeling useless and want to feel useful, and it might give them a sense of power and a sense well, it's of you, purpose. You're a thoughtful. You're a thoughtful person. Well, I, <laughs> you yeah. are. Like even when we deal with each other, like on Venmo or whatever, and you have to send me over something, you're always like, "Hope you're having a good day," or like you'll attach a little note to the Venmo thing. Where I'm always just like, quick. I'm all, here's your shit. What do you want? You know, like, <laughs> it's just your thought. You think you think a lot about people. And that's a really good quality to have. And it is selfless. I mean, I'm not trying to build you up here. Or no. Blow hot air up your butthole. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> I think, is, that, is that above yeah, the, the acceptable threshold? That's our one butthole. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, it's just I think you derive pleasure from helping people out. And I think you have realized that within your sobriety. You know what I mean? That's like this this thing you figured out. You know what I was thinking about? Now let's talk more about your sleep, John. Yes. Um, <laughs> and but um, 
I was thinking about this with your sleep earlier, but we'll go back to this other thing is that I have insomnia problems as well. And I started treating sleep. I started prepping for going to sleep like the way I would prep if I were going to run or work out. So it all became part of the routine. Like if I'm going to run, I stretch. I always stretch. I stretch for at least 15 minutes before I run. Same with working out. Like if I'm going to lift weights, I always stretch. I have a routine I go through. I get my heart rate up. I do little laps around the living room and jumping jacks and stuff. So at night, I would think the same thing. Like this sleep is going to be a really long workout. So I have to like prep Mm. for it. So yeah, I would like, wouldn't read the phone. I would like plug in the phone in the other room. I have a, a, what do you call it? A, A diffuser an oil diffuser and I put mm. this like nighttime mix in it and I it like like let the it let it diffuse to the room and for some reason that just really helps out. But I found that if I prepped before I went to bed, it helped me out a lot. And did those routines and just kinda turned going to bed into a routine. I, I slept I fell asleep a lot faster and stayed asleep for a lot longer. Hmm. And this is and I'm not trying to give you advice. It's just mm-hmm. my approach to it, you know. Dude, I yeah. I'm I'm open for any any and all Because it was to me it was like working out it was like okay like but see my whole day is comprised of fucking routines like that's all i do all day is just routines it's really weird tasks Mm -hmm. i was telling me i got upset this morning because i couldn't finish my tasks and i'm like making i get upset when i can't do my tasks (laughs) (laughs) it's like well settle down some days you're not going to be able to do them and some days the routine gets interrupted yeah exactly i'm trying to lift weights and do my tasks but olive is in the living room doing her zoom meeting for school she can't log on her ipad's being fucky so i have to keep stopping to help her and then megan goes to help her and then i get frustrated because now i'm like an additional task has been added to the task i have to do so i'm like well i'm gonna go run so then i just put my shoes on i just i didn't even stretch i just ran out the door i was like i'm just gonna do a mile real quick Mm -hmm. i make it down a block and realize everyone in the fucking world is out right now like the sidewalks are just full of people it's like it looks like a monster truck rally out there because it's a nice day in Oregon as a matter of fact I hit like the intersection right in front of a lot of less than a quarter mile from my house I hit the intersection and looked around and there were just crowds on each corner of the intersection and through my mat through my like gator I was like what the fuck are you serious and just ran back home mm-hmm. I was like I'm not running through this goddamn gauntlet you know I ended up eventually getting to do what I had to do but like my routine got fucked up you know and so I don't know. I don't know my point to that. I guess my point is everything is done by routine for me now, especially in recovery. Like uh, everything is like a set of routines and when they mm-hmm. get fucked up, it fucks me up. So, and so, and so what do you, how did you feel better at the end of that? I compromised. I fucking compromised. I had to compromise. I have to accept that I cannot do it the way I want to do it right now. Mm-hmm. So I have to compromise it with the situation that's happening. So I came in, I apologized to everybody. I was like, listen, I got a little worked up. I ran out the door. I'm sorry. I looked at Olive. I'm like, I didn't mean to snap at you or be stern with you. I just, sometimes I'm not great at expressing myself and I fucked that up. I'm going to try really hard not to do that in the future. I just shouldn't do that at all. And then I just lifted weights. I compromised. I was like, I just have to lift weights in this environment. Like with her trying to figure her shit out. But I just, I just picture you like lifting dumbbells, like behind her zoom class. Like her, she's trying to learn. Well, with that's the why I make her go in the kitchen. Cause she's in the living room and it's her shirtless dad behind her being like, <laughs> you know, like doing fucking planks, making the plank noises. You ever do a long plank? And you're just like, Ugh. Yeah, so I'm always like, go. will you go in the kitchen so that these kids don't see your shirtless 44-year-old dad just fucking taking it to the limit, you know, like in the background? <laughs> yeah, With all man. these tattoos, dude, like looking like a prison movie. Just So 
let me ask you this about the compromise because yeah i have there are certain things and this is another thing that my therapist was talking about is having one or two things that you that become foundational in your day and things that that you do not compromise on Mm -hmm. and she said if you you know some people will make sleep that they'll go like i get my eight hours no matter what whenever i go to bed i get eight hours if i go to bed at 10 i wake up at six if i go to bed at four o'clock in the morning i sleep until noon or whatever it is like that stuff Mm -hmm. doesn't work for everybody but um one of the things that has become non-negotiable has been doing 25 sit-ups and i know it doesn't sound like a lot although when i started doing them it's a fucking lot of sit-ups um, but I was like, do 25 sit-ups every single day. And th- we started this in March, Rashida and I. And uh-huh. um, the other day, I disrupted my routine in the morning. I didn't do my stretches. I didn't go running. I was kind of doing whatever else. And then I went off to work, and I came home, and I was sitting there eating some fucking, I don't know what it was, potatoes or something like that. And I was, And then I realized, shit, I didn't do my 25 sit-ups. And I was like, well, either you can go do them now, with a stomach full of food or you can ruin the last two and a half months. And I was like, well, uh-huh. I guess it really will only take me 30 seconds to do 25 sit-ups, right? Maybe yeah, it's 45 not that seconds. long. It's yeah. not fun, especially after you've no. eaten. But No, it sucks, yeah. <clears throat> but I did it. And so I was like, okay, there's something that I don't let myself down about. And kind of finding those things, are there any things that you now do not compromise that are like, I get this done no matter what? I mean, I eat- Yeah, the... The workout. Yeah. I was getting compromised. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's five days a week I work out for at least an hour a mm-hmm. day. It's just just what I especially in quarantine I have more time to do that. Right. Well, even when Olive was in school, I had totally time to do it because Megan and Olive were at the school. So mm-hmm. I could just work out while they were gone and then go to work. That was the one thing I didn't compromise and I had to today. I just had to. I had no choice. I didn't not work out. I just had to work out at a later time than I'm used to. I needed the task done. I start at nine, I'm done by 10. That's the task. And then at 10, I feed the animals, I make everybody breakfast. There's like a whole set of routines right. I have throughout my day. So I had to scoot everything forward an hour, you know, which fucks me off. It like fucking fucks with me. But yeah, that is my one thing is like, mm-hmm. let me work out, you know, just let me work out because I feel better during the day. If yeah. I've been active, I feel better. So I was like, well, I'll just run then. Today will just be a run day. But then. You know, I got out there, and like I said, it was like cooknuts. like the swim-up <laughs> bar out there in the street. The swim-up bar coconuts. It was Dude, packed. I'm like, why the fuck are none of you social distancing? You're walking in a crowd eight people deep. Like, what the fuck, y'all? Like, do you really think eight motherfuckers live in your house? No. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny, those things that we, we, that we melt down about. And, but, I mean, you— It's so silly, man. It really is on my end. Mm-hmm. I feel embarrassed, actually. And I apologize, everybody. I apologize a lot, you know, for my actions. I I try to be accountable, but yeah. And I've, I've loosened some restrictions on my part as far as, you know, when I used to be really hardcore about like, oh, God, if I don't go out, if I don't, if I don't get exercise today, if the... If something doesn't happen, then everything's going to be ruined and I'm going to be... Right. I'm going to be fat forever. And I'm going to hate myself. That's exactly what I said. You know? That's so funny. That's exactly what I said to my wife this morning. That's so funny. (laughs) And then then the other day when I was like, I'm just going to rest. And I went outside and I put my yoga mat in the sun and I laid there. I know. What a great day, man. You look like you're having a blast. I was like, fucking John, I got to be in my garage painting commission art. God damn it. John's out there enjoying his life. I mean, that was only 15 seconds of my actual life. But, you know, know. yeah, it's nice, right? It always looks good on social media, doesn't it? Of course, yeah. Um, 
But uh, it was like, okay, so this is important too. So this has value too. So this this thing that I'm doing right now, you know, call it active recovery, we always dismiss it as if we're not doing something, as if we're not allowing our body to rest. You know, when you think yeah. about like building your muscles up, you know, you you're when you when you're when you're like lifting weights, you know, your muscles actually tear and that's what's sore and then they oh yeah build back up or something like that. I don't know the exact science. I'm not a you know, physiologist. You're not but... a muscle doctor? I'm not a muscle doctor. <laughs> no. But I'm not, I'm not a sports therapist, but I'm not a muscle doctor. It's but so like, oh, you have to rest it. Right. And then it, and then it builds. And so I was like, oh, OK, yeah. So that's important, too. And Every then once day, I yeah. once I started to give that some value. I didn't feel like I was shirking other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And that was really helpful to see value in things where before I just felt like I was being a lazy piece of shit because I didn't because I didn't run or I didn't get this done right. or I would panic because I didn't get every single I didn't have our Instagram page up to date every single week like that was the most important thing in the world right so. oh, it's, isn't this what Mishka was talking about too about passive and active recovery yeah mm-hmm. yeah which I which totally applies you know not only to working out of course in the terms he was using was towards recovery from alcohol you know Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, right? It's being forgiving on you. You got to forgive yourself. I have to forgive myself as much as I have to have ask my family to forgive me for fucking wilding out, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, I, there's, it's a lot in it, right? So like the big, I think the big cores of what we're talking about today is like at being able to ask for help, seeking help if you need help, and then being able to be like easy on yourself, you know, like. This shit is hard. It's a fucking journey, man. Mm -hmm. Life in general is not easy. Even for people who make it seem easy, like you, like you said, oh, it was only 15 seconds in the sun. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what we portray and what we experience are two different things. Sure. Because I could see you out in the sun in a yoga mat and be like, I'm going to try that and go out there and literally be out there for a minute. And I'm like, it's too hot. And then go back inside. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I'm not going to lay in the direct sunlight in a yoga mat and be like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. It's too hot. John made it look way too good. (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did it for a couple so, of minutes, but like I also yeah. I had set it up so that my eyes were like blocked by the sun. And anyhow, mm-hmm. it was it, whatever it was. But yeah, it's but what's being portrayed is like people. <clears throat> I guess what I'm saying is like it, it just it's it, there will always be difficulties regardless of whether you're drinking or not. You know, it will always be fucking difficulties. Mm-hmm. This is how you cope with them, deal with them, adapt to them, compromise with them, accept them. And everybody put has them aside them. and deal with them later. You yeah. Know? And, you know, you were mentioning this earlier, too, about how we're so we don't want to share our feelings and we don't want to talk about what's going on because because it's personal, because it's private, maybe because we think people are going to make fun of us or people are going <clears> to <throat> judge us in some way. Right. One way or the other. And right. and and that you you were saying that you had actually opened up to somebody who you would have never opened up to. And right. the reaction was not what you expected not at all and that person like humanized themselves to me in a way that i didn't think was possible like the Mm. week before you know and so it did i did gain perspective for it so that is a great example of being able to open up about something you know something the way i'm feeling about something and people being really receptive to it instead of being like oh you're just a fucking weak or whatever you know that word we were using and having someone come back at you and be like look man i'm dealing with 
stuff as well. So I get it. You know, like I get it. Because, mm-hmm. but isn't that like the common thread and core of what we're doing is like not what we're doing, but yeah, what you and I do is like relatability. Mm-hmm. Like not not what we're expressing, but as far as our recovery is concerned, the most important thing for me in recovery has been able to relate to other people. Sure, you know, I couldn't relate when I was drinking because I didn't. I mean, I could, but couldn't. It was like a, it was a different type of relating. Do you know what I mean? Like I was just looking for the other person who drank as much as I did. So I'd feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right now that I'm in recovery, I'm looking for the other person who used to drink as much as I did. So I could feel comfortable, you know, or feel like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Nobody wants to be truly, truly wants to be hundred percent alone. I don't think no, not for there long. might be, <clears throat> I mean, they're the outliers, but <clears throat> I think as humans, we're like herd. We want to be around common people and common mm. things and things that mm-hmm. that relatable experience you know well so it, it, it was good to be related to feel related to well yeah because you know. the thing i think when i hear that story what i hear mm-hmm. is not only are you being more vulnerable than you would normally because in a in that moment you were desperate for somebody to understand why you right. were behaving in a certain way so right. in that way you were asking the help you were asking for was understanding you're saying hey i need you to understand me this is why i behave this way not because of what you think or what yeah. you perceive i'm just i'm just an obtuse you know aloof asshole who hates you right i'm just <laughs> trying to be hard i'm trying to make it hard on everybody because that's my jam do you know what right. i mean like, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah i was like here's the human reason behind why i make it hard on people sometimes and then someone's know? like and oh then- shit Here's why I make it hard on people sometimes, Jerry. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, this explains a lot of shit. And now you have shifted in perspective. My perspective has shifted. You've gone from being uh, this this obstacle I have to overcome to being like almost like someone that I'm a a confidant. Not confident, but you know what I mean? Somebody I'm working along with, like a Mm -hmm. a colleague, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It was very interesting. I learned some lessons. I've been learning some lessons in this core, Johnny. I know. I know. I think you more than than anybody else I know is has come Baking through. Making cookies, <laughs> running running down to coconuts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the swim up bar. But yeah, man. I I just I would say I would just say that like in just in that example that you gave, the yeah. fear that. The the reward of asking for help, the reward of sharing, the reward of vulnerability greatly outweighed the fear that you had in the past to share anything with this person right. or these these types of people. Right? Right. And it was yeah. probably probably a relief. It was, yeah. It absolutely like, was. Oh, oh my God. And uh, and I don't and I again I don't know. You I am sure that this person's your relationship with this person. I, I don't know how it'll go in the future, and I'm sure uh, it's, it's long and complex. <laughs> but I imagine that there will still be resentments and frustrations and stuff like that. But you may not be so absolutely quick to judge. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're like, you may not yes, be so but... quick to judge or to snap or to. Well, I mean, you, maybe you will too at certain things. But like, you know, when you when you look at like they always tell us. In the book, right? These people are sick. We have to look at them as sick people. And if we right. look at them as sick people, we can't be angry at them because they are sick. Right. It doesn't... Which is exactly what my sponsor told me when I did my four-step mm-hmm. <laughs> on this person <laughs> like three years ago. Yeah. 
But yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think it, what it does is it does shift that perspective where I go, oh, this person is going through pain or these people are going through pain. Even when I watch the news and I'm like, why aren't we social distancing? Why are you acting out so much? Why the, what the fuck? Like, we're just all going to get sick, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and then my wife looked at me and she's all, they all have oppositional defiance, Jerry. And I was like, oh shit. So my wife works with oppositional defiance kids at Mm -hmm. the school. And these are the kids who are always like, no. Fuck you. No. Like all day, these kids tell my wife, fuck you. Fuck you out, Miss Allie Megan. Fuck you. You know, no. She'll be like, come on, you got to do, we got to do that. No. And it's this oppositional defiance. It's this personality defect. It's a character defect in their personality where they just are oppositional constantly, constantly. So when you see adults doing this, you're like, oh, shit, you never got treated for that character defect. So you're just still living within it. Like you're being told by what you believe to be a position of authority to do something and you feel oppositional towards it, you know, but that humanizes me to them because I'm like, these people aren't intent on hurting me or mine. I mean, some of them aren't, you know, maybe some of them are Mm -hmm. because they perceive me in a different way. I'm like, oh, they just have this thing, this sick, this thing that is like, quote unquote, sick that needs to, you know what I mean? That they need to work through. It's just unfortunate that them needing to work through it makes other people sick. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. So in in a sense, they are doing the best that they can. They're working with the best that they can work with, and they found another big group of people who will fucking <laughs> co 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 sign on what they're working with. Right. You know, it's just like this this person. Um, you know, it's just like the people I know in my life who are adults that have this oppositional defiance that I see it now. You know, and here I am diagnosing motherfuckers, but like I see these people, and I'm like, oh your whole motivation is just to push against what you feel like is being pushed upon you. Like if something is thrust upon you by someone in a position higher than you, you feel like, oh, you have authority over me now and I don't accept that. Whereas it's not, do you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. Those roles aren't there. They're just perceived roles because of whatever's going on in their mind, you know? I mean, I have it a little bit. Sure. But I also fall in line because I was raised by Leanne, so, you know. <laughs> With the Changla. Leanne is, Leanne is a scary lady. Uh-huh. Flyswatter. Uh, flyswatter. No, not very many Chanklas. It was always the Flyswatter. But, like, I, you know, for, so for me, I was kind of raised the opposite of that oppositional defiance. It was kind of like, get in line. Mm. Yeah. All the kids had Flyswatters on the uh, chimney instead of stockings for Christmas? Right. Is this, <laughs> this is how hard you got hit. Merry Christmas. We're only going to hit you twice. <laughs> not that there's any fireplaces in uh, Arizona. Not too many, no, at least. I mean, we had one in one house. You know, the, the funny part is, like, I talk about my mom in the flesh. I swear to God, I'm going to, my dad, like, in a week or two, will call me and be like, you know, I was never around. And that's why <laughs> your mom was working with the best she had. And then I always feel bad. Like, I'm not trying to portray my mom in a negative light. It's just, that's part of my reality it was part of my childhood was like i get spanked with a fly swatter when i was wilding out you know mm-hmm. but my dad i remember my dad once fucking popping off on us in the car because we were laughing about it faith and i or joel and i and my dad's like you know i was drunk and never around and your mom was working with the best she could do with four fucking kids and we we're like dad we're not trying to make anybody feel bad like we think it's funny that my mom yelled at us in spanish and chased us with a fly swatter like that shit's hilarious <clears throat> So your reality of the situation was something that you were looking back, not fondly, but laughing about, and he was still right. feeling, and he was still like, I didn't want to hurt you. I'm right. sorry, you know, probably still felt right. bad on some level, but it's like, right. it's just different. 
a different perspective of the same different perspective right so joel and i are laughing with this shared experience of my mother fucking losing her shit in Mm -hmm. spanish chasing us and my dad's listening to this and feeling like we're accusing my mom of beating us and i'm like dude she didn't abuse us she just screamed at us in spanish and chased us a fly swatter like that is like some minor league kid slapping or whatever mm-hmm. i can't think of the right word for it sure it's like discipline in the grand scheme of yeah, yeah things that is nothing that was what was appropriate in that time i don't i don't feel any trauma from it yeah. although i did just blame my oppositional defiance on it so i don't know hmm yeah. But I don't have that. Working with the that. best you got. And and I think that, you know, the thing yeah. in, in recovery for me has been this, the eye-opening thing of like, oh, okay, that's the best I had then. This is the best I have right now. So if this is the best that I have, then there's absolutely no reason to judge myself for not living up to some other standard. It doesn't mean I don't want right. to get better. It doesn't mean I don't want to find other tools. It doesn't mean that I don't want to push myself but i also don't need to like be shitty and mean to myself and judge myself and hate myself like I th- there we go yeah that's exactly what we're talking about like that aspect of forgiveness mm-hmm. like you just gotta just gotta forgive yourself sometimes you're mm-hmm. working with what you got we're all working with what we got you and i talk to each other once a week to figure out what we're working with do you know <laughs> what i mean and like kind of share ideas okay here's what i'm working with what are you working with oh okay it's like we're like Two fucking monkeys around a termite mound. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to get the termites out. Yeah, and you just give me the thinner blade of grass. You're like, poke this one in there. This will get you more termites. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, and then, you know, here's my technique for pulling them off without getting bitten. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. we're just honestly poking at the termite mound, just trying to figure out what we can get out of it. Poking at the termite mound. That's my metaphor. The termite mound is life. That's uh, going to be Jerry's. Friday night meeting, poking at the termite mound. Poking at the termite mound. <laughs> Check out my AA Zoom meeting. I haven't, oh, been, man. I haven't been to a Zoom meeting in a while. It's been a few weeks. I'll probably make one tomorrow, maybe. Well, I haven't been in like a month. I was going to talk to you about this, and it gets a couple weeks away. And, you know, uh-huh. I don't know why I'm whispering like nobody's listening. Right. But I was thinking we should just have a Zoom meeting, have everybody come in and just open one up, and Z is for Zoom. And just That's see what happens. <laughs> It's to see how, un- how unruly you get. That would be get. really fucking interesting. I don't know how many people you can get into a Zoom room, but that would be pretty interesting. Like, hey, if you want to... But then I also don't want to get Zoom bombed, but somebody in recovery, and it's just like a screen of dick and balls, and we're just trying to be all serious. <laughs> I think, can I remove them from the Zoom room? I would imagine they figured yeah. that out at this point. Yeah. yeah. Considering that Zoom bombing has been on the news, they're right. like, Zoom has probably been like, oh, we need to figure this shit out. Well... I'll look into it. Dick and balls. Yeah. Look into it. It would be, I only laugh because I thought of the idea how funny that would be interesting. Hopefully my iPad will be fixed at that point. Mm. Right. Right. Well, two weeks away. Two weeks. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Cool. Um, so yeah, ask for help, Jerry. I need help. All right. All right. Don't feel fine. (laughs) That's the opposite. What is it? Oppositional defiance to asking for help. Look it up. ODD, oppositional defiance disorder. No, that I don't, I think those, those poor kids, man. But yeah, I think they need help. Mm-hmm. They obviously do because my wife was helping them at the school. Hmm. That was her job. She ran the... Um, fly. It's been so long, I can't remember what the name of the program was, but she ran it. Well, and I think that's another good thing. It's like, just, it helps It helps me to be kind when I know that people are... Absolutely. Like, if I go, oh, they're doing the best with what they got. Like, they, they don't see I it the same way always a very helpful 
consideration. And I think out there, I'm going to do that out there in the world a little more. I'm like, hey, they're working with what they got. Hey. Work with what you got, Grandma. And there, you know, that goes the same. The same for me when I fucking when I have a meltdown or feel frustrated yeah. or angry or mm-hmm. sad or like whatever it is. It's like this is all I got right now, dude. I'm really trying fucking hard here, and I don't know what else to do. So there you have well, it. Well, you work it, Johnny. You work it. Work it because you're cause worth. It. Worth it. <laughs> but whenever they say work it because you're worth it, I just think of like twerking. Like just working that ass. Twerking that ass. I'm working ass. that ass because yeah. I'm worth that ass. Work it. Worth it. Uh, yes. Twerk it. Whatever you twerk need it. to do. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> I haven't seen any twerk. twerk. Is twerking still a thing or was that more like 2018? Is that still on? I think that was more 2000. I mean, I think people still do it. I never found it personally appealing. But then mm. again, my brain is wired a lot differently than other people's brains. So. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I imagine <clears throat> if you type twerk into uh, YouTube, you'll still find videos from like last week. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to stick with my uh, Long John Silver's The Rise and Fall. Yeah. Company I, man. I might go check out the uh, Coconuts video and see what's going on there. It's just NBC. Oh, okay. It's literally NBC talking about people weren't social distancing in like Missouri or something. And they're all in a water park and the swim up bar. You could see the sign for a second and it just said coconuts. <laughs> and that was the name. And it was under this like really like, yo, like look at this footage of all these fucking ding dongs in a pool. Get, like hundreds of people in a pool getting drunk. And it's like coconuts. You know, it's just, I don't know. It just made me laugh. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>